shit on the table. On the table. The only problem with being so close is that mm. if I laugh, yeah, it's like. <laughs> Your laugh is okay though. Yeah, but I'm like I'm like breathing into the mic as I laugh. Don't <laughs> I'll just laugh. I'll just when I go to laugh, I'll point away <laughs> like that. Does that sound better? <laughs> Sounds fine. Oh, your spikes are big, though. It's because I'm come so close to the thing. Yeah. Do you want that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I need I need the spikes to be big because mine was bigger last time. Okay. Yeah. So about size, should I? Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Sweet. Yeah. Hello, my name's Cameron, and I'm Shanara, and welcome back to the Homework Club. First of all, we want to say a big thank you to all our listeners. Last week, we had lots and lots of people listening to yep. the podcast, which was really, really good to see. Um, one one comment that came in. <laughs> so, we already had the mistake in the um, episode where you told me to look at Steve, and yes. there was no Steve, so I had there to be Nick. Steve, no. A friend of mine then <laughs> messaged me and said, what's the third wall? But and Jerry. I realized that <laughs> you, we'd written and you talked yeah. about breaking the third, third wall, wall, but well, it's the fourth wall. It's the fourth wall. So what is the third wall? <laughs> well, the third wall is within the show. Mm-hmm. It's an actual wall. It's an actual wall. <laughs> Where the fourth wall is the screen, there are actual walls in there. All right. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. thank uh, to Michael Melanifi for that message. Yeah. Do point out our mistakes. We'll be like the Metro newspaper. Cor- yeah. Corrections. We'll give uh, prizes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this week we picked uh, political movies, mainly because we'd done a few weeks of comedies and thought maybe, like, you know, let's get back to some serious movies. Um, so what did you pick for me this week? I picked for you The Constant Gardener. And why did you pick that? So the first time I saw The Constant Gardener was quite a few years ago, and I was just taken aback by the storyline, yeah. the direction, and just how events unfold. And it's like a super heavy subject yeah. that really... Sort of opens your eyes to a lot of stuff. Now you asked me last week, is it about gardening? <laughs> right, and you know Which that not. it's not about gardening, but the motif is there. So tell us a little bit about The Constant Gardener. Then. Okay, so The Constant Gardener was a 2005 political thriller um, based on a novel of the same name. It was directed by Fernando Mi- Mireles, yep. um, who directed yep. City yep. of God. Yep. So we've got a bit of a theme coming through. Um it stars Ray, Ray Fiennes and Rachel Weisz, who mm-hmm. was incredible in yeah. this. She won an Oscar. She won a Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie won a BAFTA. Yeah. We're saying he didn't really, he didn't win any awards. No. He got a, a like a independent, British independent yeah. award. But I think really he didn't, he didn't do that. Like, you know, he was kind of the straight man mm. almost. Like, she was the star. I mean, his character was incredible. Um, the way he played that character as well, that subtleness. Yeah. And uh, that does come from the novel itself. Yeah. So, um, jo- so the be- book, it, uh, the film is based on John Lacari's novel of the same title, like Cameron just said, The Concert Gardener. And the character in that is also very quiet yeah. and understated. And he played that really, really well. Did you know the film had over 65 nominations wow yeah that's huge yeah across was, all the different it award was things. so 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 well received and um most of the um, awards obviously went to rachel wise for her acting and also for the editing yeah well it makes, it makes sense mm-hmm. once you've seen it um so the basic plot is that it starts with well it's like five minutes in i literally had to check mm. the time a guy's wife dies mm. and you find that he's like a sort of a diplomat to in in kenya um, he's gone out to Kenya. There's a bit of a flashback before she dies. She comes out to Kenya with him. She's kind of an activist and she's fighting for, you know, we find out later mm. that she's fighting for the health of the the locals that they're being tested on for these different drugs. And he goes out and then basically he's trying to find out 
who killed her and yeah. why they killed her. And he sort of follows this breadcrumb trail and he finds out all these different things and finds out that sort of the government was involved and everyone had a reason for killing her. Mm-hmm. But he's able to expose the the sort of nasty corporations at the end. We'll go into a bit more detail about what actually happens in um, a few of the things. So when you were doing your homework, I did ask for you to focus, as always, on four categories. The first one was the loss of innocence of um, Rafe Fiennes. So that's Justin Quell. He plays Justin, the main character in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one was a revelation of the truth. Um, the third was Rachel Wise, um, her character and the audience's perception and reaction to her. Yep. And finally, and I think the most important um, of all, was the social commentary of yeah. the film. So let's start with loss of innocence of um, Ray Fiennes. What did you think? It was good. He, well, you know, he's he's really set up as this almost a little bit naive, like mm-hmm. really sweet, really loving. Like they, he gets together with Rachel at the beginning, and he's like super thankful. He's mm. like, oh, it was, you know. He's like, thank you. I really, you know, it sounds weird because like yeah. they hook up, they go have sex, and he's like, how quick did, was that? Like they, like, they meet. She argues with him yeah. at his conference about the Iraq War, yeah. etc., and said, and he said, oh, I'm not talking on behalf of the government. He's, and she said, excuse me, Mister Diplomat, that's exactly yeah. your job, <laughs> which is which is true. <laughs> and she's a very outspoken activist, and she gets very emotional when she's talking, yeah. and people journalists get embarrassed and they leave. And, and then, then, and then he asks her out for a coffee. And then they go back to her place. Yeah, and then, you know... Bing, bang, bong. Bing, bang, bong. <laughs> I was like, that was very that was quick. quick. He but, must be very smooth. Well, well. Like, he wasn't, though. He was so <laughs> he awkward the whole time. He wasn't, yeah. But then he's really sweet. And, mm. like, throughout the movie... Like, the first half of the movie, we think that maybe she's having an affair and stuff. There's these mm. sort of things that come back and forth. We talk about that when we talk about her character. But he has an opportunity to, like, open, like, a folder on her computer about mm. this other guy. And he doesn't do it. Like, mm. he sort of... He's like, no, no. I'll, I'll trust her and he sort of has this trust in her even when it's being really tested and really shaken and then obviously the death of his wife mm. the death of her makes him question lose question what's, question what's happening and he starts to use some sort of questionable techniques to find out things yeah. to get places like he gets back from Af- uh, Africa Africa yep. he gets back from Africa and his passport mm. gets taken and then he has to and, like and they say back channels yeah. to get across to and Europe. they say straight away, oh yeah, we're gonna take this away because a lot of forgery has been happening on diplomatic passports. Yeah. And he says, well, this isn't a forgery, and they say we're just gonna keep it just in case. Yeah. Um. One of after the funeral of Tessa, um, played by Rachel Wise, he goes back home and the workers there, uh, the groundskeeper, yeah. and he says these are Tessa's family, and they are very very sorry. And then one of the grounds groundsman says the police have been here and they have ransacked everything and that's when you get the sandy his friend and i i would argue that was the first loss of innocence for him when he finds that letter yeah so what was what was sandy's job so sandy he's also a diplomat was he like the head of the diplomats he was higher than just and he wasn't as high as the other guy um, the skinnier one in... Bill uh, Nye. Yeah, Bill yeah. Nye. I can't remember the characters' names. Yeah. I just call them yeah. the actors' names. <laughs> so he wasn't as high as Bill Nye, but he was above Justin. And she says, can you... If I do a report for you, can you take it further? And he does actually take it further, yeah. but then he gets a letter back saying, no, stop it. Well, that, this, letter, this letter's him. huge, isn't it? Because, huge. Because it's, it's like a main part of the whole mm. story that they get this letter back. We don't see it until the very end. Mm-hmm. But she wants the letter to know what they said about her report. And she steals report. it from him. He but, says, put it back. But what does she... She offers... Mm, she, she offers herself up. She's yeah. like, you're attracted to me, aren't you? Offers herself up. Then 
when mm. um what's his name rafe is looking Fight, through yeah. the um is looking through the house he finds the letter from mm. sandy saying you know i've always loved you mm. let's run away together da, da, da. and then he yeah he kind of mm. he takes it he takes the note and takes it with him he's like starting to mm. yeah exactly sort of be a bit dodgy and maybe not be o- totally open with everybody. He just starts to question him. Yeah. Now, with the loss of innocence in this relationship, because you've got this film on twofold. So, one, it's a love story. And it's a very yeah. beautiful oh, love story. Like, like super emotional yeah. by the end there. Absolutely. Such a stunning story between a man who's a very simple, quiet man who meets someone who is completely different from him. Yeah. They are such an odd couple, but they love each other so yeah. much. And it's so, so, so obvious. So you've got that story going on. And the second part is obviously the political sides of it, the political thriller sides of it. Do you then think that the loss of innocence as that he has when he discovers that his wife was probably not telling him the truth is also a re- reflection of how society would view Big Pharma? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like, Yeah, it was like his loss of innocence were like matched up with his discovery mm. of the things that he thought he knew about the companies he was working for, he was dealing with. And the government yeah. as well, who were yeah, covering yeah. it up. Because they, they were really a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Like it was the government and then these pharmaceutical companies that were doing this whole thing. So essentially they were, there was, you know, they were t- like helping these AIDS patients, mm. but at the same time they were testing them for yeah. TB. And you find out sort of later that they're basically saying, well, these AIDS patients are going to die. Mm-hmm. So we can sort of test this drug on them for free because it doesn't matter. Like we can find out if it works mm. without risk of killing them because if it kills them, it doesn't matter they were going to die anyway. Did you um, look into the whole Big Pharma stuff at all? Not specifically yeah. about this, but I've, I've, I've got a few little mm. notes that will... We'll, should we do that in our social yeah. commentary part? Yeah, yeah, we can do in the social commentary part as well. So the next one was... The revelation of the truth and how it was. So the film is a non-linear narrative anyway. So it starts off, like you just said, within the first minute, uh, fi- first five minutes, Tessa dies. Yeah. And it's like, what? So you know it has to go yeah, back. Yeah. And then flashbacks. And then flashback. Mm-hmm. I, I found it a little hard to keep track of it at, at the start. Mm. I was like, okay, this has happened. Because they don't have any titles no. for dates. No, no, no. It just jumps mm. around and Jump, you just have to around. like pick, pick up what's going on. Because then not only within that flashback, it jumps around as yes. well because then like they meet and then mm. she asks to go to Africa with him mm-hmm. and then she's pregnant in Africa mm-hmm. and then she's like lost the baby and like mm-hmm. it's like all like it just jumps around jumps around did you so one of the ways that they did this and I noticed I don't know if you did was the color and um, palette so when it yeah, was definitely yeah so when it was very happy when they were together it was very high key lighting very very bright and in Africa it was very muted yeah the colors were quite gray um grayscale colors which is quite in contrast to African culture. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, yeah. It was good. It was it was really effective. And by mm. the, like once you got into the swing of it, it mm. really stood out where things were happening. The second half of the second act, I would yeah. say that's when he, the pace really yeah, starts yeah, to build. Yeah. When he meets Ham, who's such a brilliant character, her oh, cousin. Awesome. So and good. his and her nephew. And, and the sort of the, they've he, got everything. He almost mm. has the big reveal that she wasn't cheating on him. Yeah. And that's what we'll, we'll talk about that a little mm. bit more later as well. But he realizes that everything Everything she was doing was just pushing for the truth mm. of exposing the government and these big pharmaceutical companies. And then from then it was awesome because it was a proper like, it was almost like a treasure hunt. Mm. He was going from literally from person to person mm. and getting one more bit of information from each of them. Mm. And I thought that was so cool yeah. because I, like it's almost like a murder mystery, but mm. you you don't know, you can't like solve it without 
him mm. but he just jumps from person to person and you get this little bit more each time a little bit more each time and then the final reveal of the truth mm. was so, well, like i didn't see that coming actually mm. that was really good so do you want to explain or do you want me to explain it? oh you, you, you do it yeah. so at the end of the movie all this digging around leads ray finds to be killed by the, the same people that we found out that um rachel's rachel was killed by mm. and so initially it said that so she goes off with um, her doctor friend, yeah. Dr. Bloom, and she gets raped, tortured, and murdered. Yeah. And they make out that they swapped cars, they go to a different hotel, so they he must the, have done that. They said the doctor did it, yeah. Yep, and he's run away. And straight away, even though he suspected that his wife might be having an affair, he just can't believe that no. Dr. Bloom would have raped. And then you've got the Archie Punjabi character, Geeta. And Archie Punjabi, really East is East. The yeah. East is East, yeah. So she says, no, he's gay and it's illegal to be gay. Yeah. You know? So he's like hidden. Yeah. yeah. And he, no one else knows that Dr. Bloom is gay. So he has that nugget of information whilst he's looking for the yes. truth. And, and, that's, and that's another part of his like loss of innocence. He just starts to withhold things mm. from everybody to get his way and to get what he wants. So anyway, he gets killed. The last bit of information mm. he got was from the doctor who developed the drug originally, mm. who's sort of... He's in hiding almost because he mm. sort of feels really guilty for it and he's trying to make amends for it. He has, it gives a big speech about guilt as well anyway, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But he gives him the letter that mm-hmm. they got back from the government so, like, say, like in response to her report. At the funeral, Ham, the cousin, mm. stands up to give the eulogy for Rafe mm-hmm. and he, his speech, it just starts... He just reads the letter, yeah, and it just blows everyone. So, um, Bill and I love Nye, that scene where the reporters are very like bored yeah. at the background. They yeah, suddenly yeah. like wake up and start writing. Everything I love it because Bill Nye, you can just see him mm. when he realizes what's happening because it's his letter. He mm. wrote the letter, and it is like explains everything. It basically says, "Go Watch, and kill yeah. her," like yeah. you know, in in not so many words. And he just has to get up and like rush out of the yeah. church. And get to the car. The reporters are chasing down. But that was awesome. That was so good. That was so well done. Very, very effective and very realistic as well. Yeah. Very realistic. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a big. He wasn't like, and he did it. The one yeah. standing in the front. He just said Simple. it and let it happen. So, Ralph Fiennes' character at the end gets assassinated. I'd like to say it was an assassination yeah. of because he had some information well, that was part and of he his, knew because. Yeah. He says to Crick, he says, um, what should, Crick says, what should I say? He goes, you know what to say. It goes back to his wife's death scene and the people come and it's said, oh, it's a suicide. Eight. From yeah, what, three, three different guns, guns that none eight, of them yeah, were his own or something. Exactly. It's like, yeah, a really bizarre yeah. suicide. What was the next thing? So this one's really, I, this I really is, like this one. This is the bigger one. So this is uh, Rachel Weisz's character, Tessa, and the audience reactions. As we know, she gets murdered within the first five minutes. You find out that she's an UN activist and then it cu- they get together and it's to um, have pregnant in um, Africa. So what did you think? Because you, you're very unsure of her character at the beginning, aren't you? Like where, well, where she come from? Yeah, exactly. But then they make such an effort to make you suspect her mm. and think like <laughs> it's almost like at times looking back a little bit over the top mm. with how much they want you to mistrust her. So... You know, she's very outspoken. Da, da, da. They they go to Africa and they're helping. She's helping like AIDS patients mm. and stuff. And she's spending lots of time with this doctor. Mm-hmm. And there's like a real sort of funny little scene. He says, "Oh, 
um, you shouldn't be out here while you're pregnant. He mm. said, if you were my wife, I'd have you tied to the bed. And then mm. she turns around and like jokingly yeah. taps him on the chest. And he's like, and then what would you do? And it's that flirtiness, that yeah. flirtiness that they have in their relationship. If you knew he was gay from the beginning, it would be like, oh, that's oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she's acting yeah, like exactly, a beard exactly. in that sense. But um, you think, oh, she is, you know, it's quite unacceptable. And then that's then solidified when she does give birth and she's yeah. um, feeding a black, black baby. baby. Well, before that... Yeah. Before that, he gets, he's just sitting there. She's pregnant in the bath mm. and he gets a text message. And she's like, oh, who's that from? And it pops up and says... Um, the email, yeah. Uh, the email. I mm. saw you and yeah. um, Dr. Bloom, Dr. Yeah. Bloom at what the hotel. Yeah. Does does Justin does know? Justin know? And you're like, oh my God, she's yeah. like totally cheating on him. And then he asks her about it. And she's like, oh no, we were there the other night. We were meeting someone. And she's so open and blasé mm. and like just, it's obviously not a thing. And you're like, well, okay, it sounds a bit dodgy. And then... She's sitting there in the hospital with a black baby, and you're yeah. like, "What?" what? And you're like, "Oh, she was cheating on him." Like, da da. And then she's like, "Oh, I lost my baby. That's that lady's baby." <laughs> like, one that of was- the things that really stood out for me, and it, I think kind of kicked in there. Okay, nobody shows any grief. When Tessa dies, there are no tears. When yeah. her baby dies, everyone's just like, oh, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. When, um, because when, was, Justin, yeah. <laughs> when Justin goes back to the UK, oh, such terrible business, um, uh, fellow. Yeah, welcome home. So, yeah. Um, my wife was murdered. My baby died. Why is nobody crying? Nobody cares, yeah. <laughs> nobody cares. It's a little bit like Dodgeball when um, Patches dies. Yeah, like, <laughs> just, just moves on straight away. Yeah. But this is supposed to be a serious movie <laughs> about a grieving like widower. Yeah, but I mean, could that then be a reflection of like maybe like posh Britishness where everything's <laughs> like stiff up a lip and just like uh, move on <laughs> everything's so repressed but then you're you're really given I reckon for a good chunk of it because I, I I wrote this down and I said like when she offered so that's that's all still happened we're still like is she being unfaithful is mm. she not and then she goes into the office and says I need that letter and he says no and she's like what do you think of me and he's like oh you're very you're very attractive and she's like well you can have me mm. I need the letter give me the letter and once I'm back from my trip, mm-hmm. you can have me. And he's like, okay. And he goes and kisses her. At that point, I wrote down, is she actually unfaithful? Mm. Or is she just doing anything, anything she can to uncover the truth? Mm. And that was my, like my standpoint. I'm like, that's what they've made us think, mm. which is really, really good. And then probably 20 minutes, half an hour later, you find out that he was gay and, mm. And that she was playing this guy just mm. to get what she wanted. And she said to him, yeah, in, when she emailed, because yeah, they were going through the yeah. emails, yeah. And she wrote that you know I've made a vile promise that I might have to go through with. And she says, I hope Justin can understand. Yeah. Like I can't tell him the one person mm. that I want to know about everything. I can't tell. I hope he understands. Like would he understand if I told him? And you're like, oh, yeah. she actually just wanted to like help everybody. Exactly. And- Essentially, it's like a film about discovery. So. She discovers the truth behind the big company, uh, Bumblebee, and he discovers the truth behind his wife. Yeah. And he discovers it through emails and research, just the way she yeah. made her discovery as well. Did you know? So you know the scene when she's pregnant and she's walking through and all the kids are like, how are you? And she's like, I'm fine, thank you. I'm yeah. fine. That was completely unscripted. Really? Yes, they, that wasn't even meant to be. Oh, that was wow. part of the B-roll. So was she actually pregnant? Hey, no. No, no she wasn't. Good. Yeah, because yeah, she was like good. naked in one of the scenes. I know, right? And she looked like. But then she didn't wipe the suds off, and I was like, "What a day, bitch!" <laughs> she didn't wipe her soapy, <laughs> yeah, the soapy she was, like, bubbles off. Towel, towel herself off. I was like, "Oh, that's gross." 
That's not that gross. Don't you like, like didn't rinse don't them you, off? Don't you like shower yourself after you have a bath? I do because I know that like the bath is now just like a cesspool of filth. Exactly. <laughs> and she's just there like. Maybe she showered before the bath. You mm. don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I don't think you so. You don't know. Anyway. It's <laughs> filthy. Um, what did you think about her when she actually does tell Sandy? For, so she's just lost the baby. She's in hospital and she says, Sandy, Sandy, I need to talk to you. If I talk to you, will you believe me? And she goes, what if I told you that woman over there was being murdered yeah. slowly? What did you think about her character then and how she acted? Well, she seemed crazy. Mm. Like she seemed sort of hysterical and, and he... like. You obviously knew that she wasn't, mm. but he he was really like, oh, she she know she needs help and stuff. But she did seem to sort of be losing the plot, not necessarily like mentally, but she was just getting so involved with this, like trying to delve into this thing mm. that it had sort of consumed her. Because then she was spending like, you know, he hadn't seen her for days, and then she came home and she was writing a report, and that like they weren't spending any time together because mm. she was so obsessed with this. This unco- like uncovering this thing that she thought she knew about. Did you know her character was um, influenced by a true, like a really? real life person? So this was a based on a real life case in Albania where um, an aid worker, Yvette, Yvette, sorry if I make uh, if I uh, <laughs> butchering her name, <laughs> butchering her name, Pia Paoli, and she was like this huge activist, and she started activism when she was nineteen years old. She met the author. Uh, Lacare in 1970s and they became really really good friends and she and two fellow aid workers were killed in a car accident which accident in in quotation marks because no one really knows what happened but again she was just unfaltering in her need to help others and the book has a dedication to that which they use in the film as well and the dedication is for Yvette and for everyone else who tried to give a damn. Wow. And it's so powerful. And a lot of these um, cases as well. So the book, uh, I don't know if you know, um, uses the idea of postscripts, which is done a lot in films, not so much in no. books. And those postscripts are based on true events. Wow, that's interesting. It's interesting that you say like trying to give a damn. I was going to say, mm. I was going to save this for a little bit later, but it seems like a good spot now. Mm. There's a, so there's the scene when she's nursing the black baby. Mm. It's because the the mother is like, about to die like mm-hmm. he's like really struggling it's one of the one of the patients that's been given this tb drug which we now f- like know is killing people um and they they see her leave the hospital and she and rachel says she has to walk 40 miles or something home yeah can we give her a lift and he says there's you know five million people in this country that need our help mm we can't just help one like that's what we're here for we think of the bigger picture and she says but we can help them right now and he Mm -hmm. says no and then at the end later on when he's running into the plane and he Mm. brings the girl and they Mm. say we can't take we can't take any oh she was so cute and her story was heartbreaking she doesn't say a single word she's self-appointed assistant and they've obviously got he's she's got a really close relationship with other doctor and when she's just watching them talk about her she probably doesn't understand a word yeah. and she just runs off the plane and it's like and he and then what? he flipped and he was like, like but we can help this yeah. one right now that was really really powerful yeah. because you think about it i mean obviously is a fictionalized story but it's based upon reality oh yeah you know these things happen these bandits do go around massacring villages pointless pointless yeah. kill, deaths um it's really really difficult to watch yeah i think that scene um and i think it was a real turning point for him mm. as well like, I know it was like it was like right near the end, but it was but really that character like arc was. I mean, he oh, it was great, yeah. yeah. And it, it's interesting because he didn't go from like a bad guy mm. to a good guy, but he went from 
unaware. A an unaware yeah. guy who who wasn't who wasn't nasty, no. and he wasn't not caring. Like he he did care, but in a different way, in a more diplomatic, mm. governmenty way. But then sort of came around to seeing her idea of that personal one to one. Like mm. we can help this person right now, so why don't we just do that? Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to the social commentary then. This is the big one. This was this like, you know, this whole thing was so heavy because it felt like the whole thing was like, look what's going on. Mm. So when the director um, took this film on, he decided to research and work from the documentary, the BBC documentary called Dying for Drugs. Yeah. Um, and this is based on human trials in Africa, um, which when you look at, watch a film and these people that need AIDS, drugs, and they're forced to take TB medication at the same time, I thought, I mean, it's just a catch-22 situation. They have no choice. It's no. not a choice. What are, I, yeah, what are they yeah. going to do? And you think, oh, that could not possibly happen. Oh, no, it happens. Mm. And big pharmaceutical companies are quite open about it. So this documentary follows um, the human trials in Africa, in Canada, um, the legal gagging system. So there was one doctor, we can't actually say her name, Dr. Nancy Oliveria. So she was fired from her job when she realized that the drugs were causing really like, severe side effects. Yeah. She was fired immediately, put under illegal gagging so she couldn't go anywhere, discovered her own conspiracy in so much as how many people had been fired. When that drug um, failed and the company was brought to justice, that's when her gag was um, released. Um, then we move on to um, South Korea and the cancer drugs. So director who went under the dr drug trials um, was given six months to live, ended up living for a further 14 months, but now can't afford the drugs and is getting help from nowhere. Yeah, and that's and that yeah. was the other thing I was going to like mention about the, not just these trials, mm. but then like the money. Yeah, stuff, the money the aspect money as well. And Honduras as well with the AIDS drugs. Now, obviously, recently we had the disgusting human being that was the CEO of Turing Pharmaceuticals, Squarely. Pharma when, bro. Yeah. So I was gonna he, I was gonna say the exact yeah. same thing. So he increased um a very very affordable um AIDS medication uh, Darifrim by a factor of fifty six so from thirteen pounds fifty to seven hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah. Now did you like hear like like yeah, you know overnight. cripplingly unaffordable? Yeah, absolutely. Did you know that school children and I'm probably gonna have to like do a little comment about this much much later, but school children developed the same drug for a fraction of the cost. Really? Yeah, to disprove him. School kids, like basically A-level students. Yeah. Um, and they were like, why did you put that up? And that same but question. Like, but he, didn't he even say like. Yeah, he was like, I could. for money? Yeah, yeah I could. I, like, because people need yeah. it and they're going to pay for it. One of the reasons why Big Pharma um, quote such high prices is because they say if it's for the research. But actually, the truth is most of their money comes from grants, yeah. comes from funding. So they actually, the the. No one really oh, knows where the money goes, and that's where the big yeah, money is. It's profit. one of the biggest profitable industries in the world after oil. Yeah. And they didn't they say about him that farmer bro guy that mm. he's just like the biggest monster of yeah. the twenty first century. Got, or something? So he did get um, incarcerated in, because of incarcerated. Uh, incarcerated. <laughs> so he did get incarcerated. We're obviously going to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> so he did get incarcerated, but that was actually due to like securities fraud or something. Yeah. Like I saw. So he wasn't to do wasn't with, to do with that. Yeah, Which, but I wonder whether they gave him a bit longer because like. You're an asshole. No, like, no, it was really? just, yeah, it was just because he was embezzling. That's that's where. The, so you can like go ahead. Well, even that's the thing. The that's UK, the thing. Like it's yeah. not like uh, if you make a product, you yeah. can put whatever price you want on it. Yeah. It's it's not illegal. He's just like morally corrupt. 
So the head of disgusting human being. Yes, the head of um, medicines without uh, borders said there's a lot of products called the Me Too products, right? And it's like um, so you've got the tenth headache pill and you've got the eighth Viagra pill. It's like why do we have the eighth Viagra pill? Why are we not just fixing the first one? And that's where the money comes from. That's where big money is. Like this product is new and it's better, but it's not. And it's really, really scary because when you think about these massive charity organizations such as Cancer Research, etc. And there was a massive scandal with Cancer Research UK where they sued um, an Indian um, company for copying the research. Yeah. But if you're fighting the same cause. Shouldn't you all be in this together? Yeah, like we're, you know, exactly. we're trying to help people here. Um, there was a few quotes that really felt like they were proper, like finger pointing mm. at the pharmaceutical companies being like, you are doing this, you pricks. Mm-hmm. So when, so they they said, you know, they found this drug, Dipraxin, mm. um, and this was the TB drug, and they were mm. saying it was like it was killing ten mm. percent or something of the people they were testing it on, but they were still ready to roll it out because mm. they said it's cheaper just to hide the people that have died, or say they died of AIDS than to go back into the lab and develop it. Mm. Like and Wakanda, that was, they just took away her records, yeah. buried under yeah, yeah. limestone. Lime <laughs> her name wasn't Wakanda. That's was the it? name. It was like Wanza or something. Was it Wanza? Okay. Wakanda is the, is oh, the yeah. African, the country. fictional African country from Black Panther. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm not awake. It's too early. Oh, yeah. But oh, her brother. <laughs> her brother, um, oh, King, when, when King he, T'Challa. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, no, go no, on. No, her brother, when he comes with a card. Yeah. And he's like, sleep with ones. I was like, oh, that's so sad. And, yeah. he, and he's really scared. And, and it, runs was, away. it was written he on the back of the box. He walked 40 kilometers. To give the... To, to give him. that card. And then he just walks away. And he says, are you walking? Are you walking? I'll take you. And he just runs away. Yeah. Oh, it's heartbreaking. And then um, when the, when he goes and finds the guy, the doctor that developed it, mm. um, they're giving them like... They're sort of uh, sh- the ones that have expired for free. And mm-hmm. he says, oh, the pharmaceutical companies come and give us their, their old drugs that they say still work. But this guy's a doctor. And so he's, he's like, these are nothing. These are, he, like, yeah. he literally opens up a brand new mm-hmm. bottle of like medication and pours it into the fire. Yeah. He's like, this is nothing. Safest way to dispose and he, of them. And he's like, um, he's like, this is how the pharmaceutical companies deal with their mm. guilt and he's like this what does he say he says this whole machine is driven by guilt mm. and that was like geez yeah it's did you know as well you know the play that um tessa watches at the beginning it's like about the chorus and echoes that was yeah. directed by that doctor really? by crick yeah so it's directed by him and they're they're actually a f- um very famous um theater troupe because he's, he's an english actor yeah isn't he? he is and he puts on a very what, like a very South African very accent? very good accent yeah um, he was really good. I liked mm. it. He wasn't in it for very long, but he yeah. was a good character. He's a, he's an excellent actor. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Did you know as well that um, the production team was so affected by um, what they saw when they were there because a lot of this was actually filmed in mm. actual slums. So you got the locations were Kibera, Nairobi, and Lyongaloni, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. So you've got the actual slum children. So when the production team were there in Kibera, they made water tanks. They created a new bridge. They made a classroom, and then you know, in the final scene in that like deserty kind of area. Yeah. So that was in um in the desert in Kenya. They made a secondary school as well, and then they also created the Constant Gardener Trust, which that's cool. Th- so they made that themselves because they were so affected. Which 
And we spoke about um, Slumdog Millionaire before in our first episode, wasn't it? Where yeah. they just left him to it. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, but we're just going to use you and abuse you. And they've actually like, given yeah, them something. Yeah, they've done it. Yeah. Because Lakari, I mean, he was so um, he was so influential on the actual script as well. Like, he forces people to, like, question, like, you know, all these, like, social, um, these horrible social events. And, yeah, so that's still an yeah, ongoing wow. charity. So I... Interesting. It was it was mm. really interesting for me to watch because I actually, as part of my teaching degree, mm. went to Kenya oh. and worked at a school in a slum in Kenya. So it wasn't oh. this one. It was one called Kwangware. Mm-hmm. But the scenes at the beginning when they're walking through the slum is like spot on. How long were you there for? Uh, about five weeks. Okay. It was unbelievable. Like this this school, this... Kenya is really interesting because you've got these slums, but they're like proper suburbs mm. and you've got shops and you've got houses and stuff mm. there and this school was a completely volunteer funded like charity funded mm. school so this was for the kids that couldn't afford public school like right. state school um yeah same as same as it shows in the movie like the walls were corrugated iron the floor was dirt they but they were so happy and thankful to be there mm. but like it's so full-on like like they show in the movie, mm. they're burning rubbish in the in the streets mm. and there's just like these ditch ditches on the side of the road where they just sweep all the mud and water. How and was it for you coming from Australia to see that kind of poverty? Because I'm full assuming... On, yeah. Full on, really full on. Did that like the thing that you? The thing that affected me the most mm. or that I found most interesting was that... So we were staying with a local, but a local that was sort of close friends with um, an English family. Mm. He was living at their house. Their house was a an apartment, mm. maybe a four-bedroom apartment mm-hmm. in like a walled apartment mm. block. So these walls are like two, three meters high with razor wire, mm. electrified razor wire along the top and a 24-hour guard out the front. Now, this is super common. Yeah. And you have these walled, like gated um, apartment blocks. Mm. But then the thing that was really eye-opening was the stark contrast mm. between the two. It wasn't like you had these super protected well-off rich places like they had a maid's room Mm. in the thing um and then you had some cheaper houses and then it became the slums Mm. it was like you crossed the road and you have you literally could look on there's one street i remember every day that we drove there and you'd have a walled gated community there and then across the road Mm. it was corrugated iron buildings like it was crazy the difference and that was really tough yeah but it was it was so amazing, and just like the kids, if I can just talk about the teaching for a little while, they were just so thankful to be there mm. at all. They focused constantly, mm. and so after like year three or something, they start learning just in English. Mm. Um, but they, I think they do their tests in English as well. Okay. Obviously, the teachers will still talk to them a lot in um, in Swahili, mm-hmm. but all their writing stuff's done in English. So I was teaching them, I taught like a science lesson. Mm. I wasn't a science teacher back then, but I was teaching a science lesson in English and they were sitting there like silently writing everything down. They, if I asked them a question, they put up their hand and give answers and stuff. They were so good. It was amazing. I think that's the difference, isn't it? When you're like surrounded by poverty, you just want any chance to yeah. get out, yeah. don't you? And and lots of the kids, so some of the kids that did well enough at the primary school mm. got to go to high school mm-hmm. and most of the people that finished high school came back and became teachers at that same school. So there was like three or four teachers all who had just finished high Mm -hmm. school and just come back. And then a few of them were hoping to get like a university degree Mm -hmm. in teaching so they could go and like help people more. That's incredible. That's incredible. Um, Awesome. So should we finish up for this one? Such a well-received film. 
incredible. Yep. Do you, would you recommend this? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Would um, you watch it again? Probably not. Like, okay, yeah. I've, I've found this with dramas. Like, comedies I can watch it again mm. because I find a joke, it's still funny mm-hmm. the second time you see it. But I find dramas a bit hard to watch again. You know yeah. what happens. You know the twists. You know the turns. I'm like, eh, I'm happy with having seen that. So what kind of grade would you give this? I reckon like a B plus. Okay. I, I did. I really enjoyed it. It was good. You? I'd give it an A. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Brilliant. I'd give it an a. I think it's a really, really well done film. I think um, they really adapted the screenplay excellently and the performances were stellar. Brilliant. Yeah. All right. So the movie I picked for you was yes. Ides of March. Yes, so The Ides March was a film starring and directed by George Clooney. Now, I didn't know he directed it. I Did forgot you know? I, no, until the end when the yeah. first credit popped up and it said yeah. directed by George Clooney. I, like, ah. I think this was his third film. I'm not getting an actual answer if it's third or fourth. I think he released two very mm. close to each other. Third or fourth film. And this was his second political film that he directed. Um, starring Ryan Gosling. Now, this film just follows um, the campaign, man- well, assistant campaign manager Ryan Gosling as he, for a presidential campaign and George Clooney is running well, for he's Well, he's, he's doing the, it's the, the Democratic, yeah. like he wants to be the Democratic candidate yeah. for the presidential election. So it's the Democratic election or yeah. something. And it's just basically that is the storyline and what goes on. And this film explores the animal that is the political system. Now, um, the Ides of March, and I know, I don't think you knew much about the actual title. So the Ides of March is um, based on the Roman calendar. So back in the day, in the Roman times, um, (laughs) back in the day, day, Roman calendar, they didn't have numbered dates. So they would measure it according to the lunar cycle. So you had the knowns, which was the first phase of the noon. You had the Ides, which was the middle of the month, and then you full moon and then you had the calends which was going on to the end and on to the next month so the middle of the month and the middle of march was seen as a new year okay so start of spring that was a day to settle all your debts Mm. so you start the day off fresh right and that's the ides of march also on this day on 15th of march in 44 bc was assassination of julius caesar Okay. Uh, and that's and, a thing yeah, you told me before this I didn't is realize. the actual this is so this entire film even though it was adapted from play Farragut North it's actually based on J- Shakespeare's Julius Caesar and at the beginning of Shakespeare's Julius Caesar a seer just like it happened to um, Caesar in real life said beware of the Ides of March beware of the middle of the month and Julius Caesar, the real life Julius Caesar, um, is acclaimed to have gone back to Caesar saying the Ides of March are here and nothing's happened. And that's the day he gets assassinated. Mm, cool. So if we take this on, then that this play, this film, sorry, is based on the play Julius Caesar. Then Ryan Gosling's character plays Brutus and George Clooney is Julius Caesar. Now, Brutus was Julius Caesar's right-hand man, best friend, and he's the one that ends up betraying him. Mm. And as Caesar dies... Which we'll get into, like, how that um, correlates. So it's claimed that as Caesar dies, he famously turned to Brutus and said, et tu, Brut, which means, and you, Brutus, like, what the hell, what the fuck did you do, basically, (laughs) right? Come on, man. (laughs) What what is this? Okay. But Brutus was in a difficult position because, yeah, that's his best friend and he's he's becoming a very, very powerful leader. But he was becoming a tyrant. Yeah. So he wanted to stop the tyranny, or so it said. And obviously Shakespeare dramatizes this. And just like Shakespeare's Julius Caesar, the main character is Brutus. In Ides of March, the, same, uh, the mm, main character cool. is Ryan Gosling's character, Stephen. Brilliant. 
So the things I asked you to focus on mm-hmm. for this movie were Ryan Gosling's character, mm-hmm. um, the US political system in general, and just like what we know, like what we find mm-hmm. out about it and what we hear about it, the corruption that's going on sort of between the people and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then I just want to know like how they all ended up like yeah. compared to where they started at the beginning of the, at the, beginning of the film. So we'll start with Ryan Gosling character, Stephen. Yeah. So he plays um, a very, he's described as, and I don't necessarily agree with this, okay? He's described as an idealistic, bright-eyed, young, like, you know, campaign um, manager that just wants the best. I did not agree with that description. Well, at the beginning he is, because he says, like, the reason he, the reason he wants George Clooney to win Mm. is because he believes in what he's saying. He believes in the message. He believes in the campaign. And he, mm. and he, like, genuinely has hope for what he will do. I think at the beginning, mm. definitely. Do you think... Because right at the beginning, so... And this is, like, kind of like a circular motif that recurs. So, Ryan Gosling steps on stage and he says, I am not... Um, I am not a... I'm not a Christian, I'm not an atheist. I'm not this, I'm not that. My religion is yeah. the Constitution of America. Yeah, exactly, which is um, Clooney's speech. Very, yeah. very well-written speech. Yeah. Very well-written speech. And after teaching speeches for like a million years. I <laughs> should have just gone to watch that. <laughs> I should have just made him watch that. But straight away, he, you know, his character kind of flips and goes, don't vote for me. You know what? Bloody hell, do not vote for me. Do not vote for me. And he's very cool and he's very sharp and he's very slick. And I think someone that is that slick might pretend to be idealistic, yeah, might pretend maybe. to believe yeah. in that message, but I don't think he truly did. Now, originally, DiCaprio, who is credited as executive producer, was meant to play um, Stephen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think he would have been a little old. I think he would have done a much better performance. Really? Now, I love Gosling. I think he's an excellent actor. And, you know, let's face facts, he's a handsome bastard, okay? But he's such a good character actor. His um, performance in this film, though, was very... was received in a very mixed way. Yeah. Some people said it was good. Other people said it was just a bit too two-dimensional. No one really believed that fallout that he had with Clooney. Yeah, I guess, I guess, like in saying that, I felt he really did believe mm. in the message. Then when he gets like, you know, messed over and mm. he ends up not being, he like, gets fired from the campaign, and he gets really sort of disillusioned and upset. Mm. You don't really get that. No. And then he does some deceitful stuff to get back into the campaign mm. in a better job in the end, but. Like, yeah, I don't know if the transformation was enough. Like, the arc wasn't enough mm. that he's now just doing it to get on top. It's actually a very disgust ending. A lot of I read quite a lot of essays on really? the ending, yes. When people said, okay, he actually redeems himself and he understands his mistakes. Others say he felt guilty because I, of yeah. him crying about Molly's suicide. And others say, actually, he, there was no change. So you've got a really mixed um, bag of what his character did but i don't think we knew enough about his character's mind we knew how he reacted but we don't know his mind and he says at the beginning when they're sitting in the bar so him philip seymour and ida the journalist of the times and she says it won't matter like it doesn't matter who's gonna win i just want the scoop and that foreshadows gosling's future which is like you know this is not going to matter and when he find when they you know, they're just trying to trash each other. And that's part of the political system about the um, opposing candidate, about the diamond mines, was he involved in a diamond mine? Because I don't care if he was involved. Just get it's the just, story yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, and it's yeah like, well, or it didn't, yeah. doesn't really match just how he looks. Yeah. So just a quick, a really mm. quick, like, 
recap of the plot. So basically, they're trying to get George Clooney to win the Democratic election so mm-hmm. he can be the, the um, thing. He's going to be the uh, presidential candidate. Mm-hmm. Then the opposition campaign manager comes to Ryan Gosling and says, they're about to like flip on your guy. They think that the Republicans think he can win, so mm-hmm. they're going to flip and vote against him. Um, you should come over to our campaign. Yeah. He tells his senior campaign manager that he met with this guy. Mm-hmm. He Eventually. Tells, yeah. He tells the um, journalist who comes and sort of blackmails him, he basically gets fired from the whole campaign. While he's been doing this, he's been sleeping with one of the interns who he finds out is also sleeping with George Clooney who got pregnant from him. So Ryan Gosling's just been dumped. He goes back to the opposition guys and he's like, can I have the job? And they're like, no, we can't have you either because now you're like disgraced. Then he goes to George Clooney with the knowledge that... So the girl he was dating ends up killing herself, which is really like horrible. But then um, uses that to blackmail George Clooney to get back into the campaign. And that's like... And he gets his boss fired. And he gets his boss fired and becomes the senior campaign manager. So that's it in a nutshell. He's a very arrogant character. Really arrogant. Super arrogant. So when he first sees Molly and she says, I've worked with you before in Iowa. And he's like... Yeah, and he ke- he keeps losing, and she says, "Oh, my name's programmed. It's Mary." Because I yeah. know your name's Mary, and no, my name's Molly. <laughs> and you can just yeah. see him losing it. Initially, when I met Molly, now she's received really good reviews about her performance in there. I don't necessarily agree. Oh. I thought <laughs> you're I just, not loving this movie. No, I just thought like with Molly, I thought she was initially quite a pointless character, in so much as it didn't really make sense for his character Stephen to get with her knowing that if this came out, it would ruin the campaign. And if, as he claims, he's married to the campaign. And the, and, the, you know? and that was a thing, like... Imagine campaign manager sleeps with interns. Yeah. The headline, you know, the story writes itself in a way. But it was funny because when he finds out that she was sleeping with the, um, the candidate, like mm. George Clooney, he's like, you have to go. Yeah. And he's like, like willing to... Yeah. And she's like, and she's kind of like, oh, because of us. And he's like, no, because of the campaign. He's yeah. like, that's the most important thing ever. So you just think, why would he risk the campaign to sleep with her? And then when she says to him, and this was never really looked into, she says, um, oh, I was all right, wasn't I, for a teenager. And yeah, yeah, so she's and actually younger. Younger than 20. And then he's like, he just looks at her and he's like, oh, okay. And you know he's 30 and he's then sleeping with what, 18, 19, 20-year-old. Yeah. And you just think, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Like, this is really not good for you. And then when Molly, when she, when he finds out that Molly's pregnant and he makes her get an abortion, yeah. tells her he's well, going to... Well, no, well, she suggested, she said she wanted... Yeah, but then I think, he's I like, reckon George Clooney more likely made her... Well, she asks him for the money yeah. and she goes, she can't ask her dad because they're Catholic. And it's like, again, that irrationality of, you know, in of like the entire system in that sense. He's just like yeah. in that line. He's just like, I need to get this done, but I'm Catholic, so I can't like do it. He makes her get it done though on that day. He goes, no, you're going to do it. Yeah. You're going to book it and we're going to do it together. And then he's meant to pick her up and he doesn't pick her up. And then he because fires that's, her. But, cause, but that's the day he gets fired. No, he gets fired after. But because then, then he comes out of that and he has all the missed calls. No, that's after the suicide. So yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's that night. It's all the same night. Yeah, it's the same day, but he fires oh, her first. Oh, that's right. He yeah. goes in. And yeah. he, she goes, why do I need to go? And he goes, because you fucked up. And then, then that yeah. contrasts with when um, oh, because Paul the, is firing him and he goes, yeah. because you fucked up. And and the reason that she kills herself is because mm. when when Ryan Gosling ben, gets fired... Yeah. Ben comes back, his and mate, like, and he's like, he's going to bring everyone down. He said he's going to bring... Yeah, every, yeah. And she's like, don't. And that's when he reads... 
uh, hears all the voice messages and you just see that single tear cry, yeah. like as as you know it's like she's dead um the downfall of ryan gosling obviously parallels with the whole Julius Caesar, Brutus thing as well. Because even after Brutus did this against Caesar, I mean, he didn't have a standing because mm. um, he was seen as a betrayer. Yeah. You know? And obviously now we famously say, you know, don't be Brutus. You know, yeah, someone yeah. who backstabbed. But he had his reasons for doing it. I don't who, think... Ryan Gosling? No, um, Brutus. Yeah. Julius Caesar. Yeah, I, I, don't, feel, like, even I feel like Ryan Gosling's motivation was a bit more selfish. Yeah, well, with Ryan Gosling's one, I even though I know he's meant to represent the Brutus character... I don't really see him as Brutus mm. because, yeah, Mike Morris, George Clooney's character, you know, had sex with an intern and blah, blah, blah. But he wasn't going to be a tyrant. And no, Ryan and he, had some, really good he yeah. had some really good ideas. And Ryan Gosling doesn't bring him down. He but just maybe gets himself maybe, uh, reinstalled. Yeah, but and maybe that's, that's the argument about the ending, actually. They, people, a lot of people say, yeah, but to bring him down, he has to get reinstated. So actually, he's on his way of becoming like. No, but the that's but again, that that's sense, the argument it? that whether Ryan Gosling actually did believe in what they mm. were doing, and if he did so much that he was willing to do anything to then get back and like help this guy, I don't know. Like it, it depends on how you saw his motivation for that. Whether it was just to mm. get back in his good job and then bring him down, yeah. or to get back in to actually help him up because he believes mm. he can actually do some good. It's ambiguous at the end of the day, but just like these kind of things are, you never know with polit- politicians what's going on really. That's true, yeah. And I think he... That's a good commentary that. on that, really. <laughs> so the note as well, I think Ryan Gosling, I mean, he's such a good actor for the camera because his face just has Super so intense. much emotion. So, yeah, so does it though? No, like, so this scene, and this really showed it. So you know when he goes um, initially to... Um, George Clooney, and he tries to blackmail him and goes, I've got a note, the I've suicide a note. note. From her and then happened. it's so confident. And then slowly you start seeing the shadow of doubt as George Clooney figures out he's lying. And but he then, goes, then, then he's like, he's like, brings it back up again. He's, yeah. So he's losing it. And then he's like, well, would you risk it? And then the and next... Then he and he out that he yeah, does it because he fires to, his yeah, boss. Yeah, Paul's getting fired. Um, I really so yeah. like that, actually. Just talking about that part mm. where he gets fired so he, he asks so the next scene we see philip seymour hoffman come mm. out of who's the senior campaign manager he comes out of getting a haircut and he looks down the road and there's the president's car or the george clinton's mm-hmm. car and he winds out the window and says get in and then you don't you don't hear anything i thought that was a really yeah. good technique very very effective. And, they, and it's just silence and then he just gets out of the car mm. and the car drives off mm. they did it as well when um he initially finds out that George Clooney and Molly have been hooking up mm. because he gets a phone call mm-hmm. and you don't see a name, you don't see a name on the phone, you don't no. hear any voice. But then he's like, "Who is that?" Mm. And already you know, you're like, "I bet you that Something's was him." Gone on. And it's, I think it's good because they don't explicitly have to show every single scene. All right, let's have a look. At, there's not tons to look at, but the the U.S. political system. Mm. I find it really interesting. I do because it's very, very different from the British political system. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's less uh, muddy and it's much more clear cut in so much as really. I, thought, no, I, no, think, no, I this, feel like it's so much more complicated. Well, it is definitely. I feel like it is more um, complicated. But when they talk about the Republicans and they say, and then someone, no, it's the other campaign manager says to um, Paul Giamatti. Uh, yeah. Uh, so good really really good. So good amazing in this so actually. good and he says um, to Stephen Rangos and character oh if you're playing dirty you're going to be like a Republican so it's like 
It's yeah. expected that Republicans are the dirty ones. They play nasty, old money, etc., etc., and the Democrats are the good. And you know, so I think it's a little bit more clear cut in that sense. Like everyone expects something from these kind of political parties. Yeah. Whereas in the UK, it's just like, well, Labour, you got Conservative, they're all shit as each other. <laughs> one likes capitalism, one likes socialism. Except for that, they're both basically the same. One thing that I wanted um, to know. Do you remember when um, George Clooney is at the university and that girl stands up and she has the argument about race and gender argument and she's saying, if genders are separate, why aren't races separate? You can't make, you can have separate toilets, but if you did that to race, it's illegal. It's like, it is now. I was like, what the fuck is this argument? Where is she going with this? It made no sense. I was like, do you know how, like, because she was against gay marriage, right? And that was the point of it. And I was like, you sound like a mental yeah, case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is no but argument there, but, here. Yeah, but that's like, that's arguments that are happening in the US like right now. Yeah, I like, know, but know. from like a young person, and he was like rebutting everything yeah, yeah. she was saying really, really and well. He, he, he was, and he was that character. Yeah. That he was this like really switched on, yeah. really, really left wing. Yeah. Like more left wing than, he was like a Bernie Sanders character yeah. almost. Well, they actually, so in one of the reviews um, described him as he would be the dream democratic candidate yeah. Because, yeah, because but, of how... But they had sounds. like, he had crazy, like they were going to give free education to like... If they did national service. Did national but service that's the one, it's like, it's not voluntary, it has to be mandatory. Yeah. You do mandatory national service and then you get free education. And I was like, that's a good idea but that's but the thing is this is politicians isn't it if you i mean do you read political manifestos at all not no Uh, i do (laughs) because you know i also read the terms and conditions of like people (laughs) so when you read political manifestos the way in which it's written is very griffin you end up believing bloody everything i'm just oh yeah yeah oh yeah right on so you know the comedian, um, uh, Ramesh Rangapoli, uh, yeah, yeah. when he goes on Ranganathan. to... Ranganathan. <laughs> Ranganathan. Ramesh Ranganathan. When he goes on the UK website, because he wants to research it for one of his shows, and yeah. he ends up going, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like yeah. it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and he did this entire skit of how he like, became a UK member. And he's That's like, funny. yeah, immigrants out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was really interesting because the whole thing is set in Ohio. Mm. And America has these like incredible swing states, they call them. Mm. There's like states that they're like, yep, that's Democratic. Democrats are going to win there. Mm-hmm. Almost doesn't matter who's there, they're mm. going to win it. And then you have these states. And they mention this at the beginning. They say, as goes Ohio, mm-hmm. so goes the country. Yes. And it's this like massive, like it really sort of holds this balance. And they spend so much time there mm-hmm. and they discuss like, just giving up on it and doing this and this and a, and a big part of the story is that they're trying to get this one what is what's that thompson guy yeah so he's like a big investor yeah and, and he's got he's, he's got delegates gonna, that he will come and just yeah. do whatever he does so he's going to promise the delegates as long as if they win he gets secretary of state yeah so and that's his condition that's all that stuff happens like yeah. the wheeling Absolutely. and dealing behind the scenes Absolutely. and we'll talk about that a bit more in the corruption so um, when you talked about the the setting, so um, the director of photography won an award um, because he uses Cincinnati and Detroit actually. That so that's where it mm. was filmed, and the washed out kind of Midwestern landscape that was like really muted and really yeah. like depressing. So yeah, director of photography was incredible in this. Well, should we move on because these are kind of linked anyway? Let's go under the corruptiony mm-hmm. sort of thing. So. The corruption is completely expected. If you watch a political th- thriller, you're not yeah, going to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> none of them are like, yeah, like, everyone's, woo, everyone's great. Um, so one of the things, um, and this kind of links to political system as well. So um, George Clooney's wife, the character there, Jennifer L. I want to say her name is L E H L E L. 
Okay. Sure. Yeah. She's not that well known, right? Yeah. They wanted a well known face, and he said no because nobody knows a politician's wife. Yeah. And ah, I was like, isn't good. that smart? That is good direction. And that's he really fought the studios against that because they wanted to cast someone that was like really famous. No, like, that's no, good. No. And that scene, and you got the close up scene of them in the, car, in the car. It's, it's really, really nice. intimate and really beautiful. And it's like, but you're fucking interns. But then you felt, yeah. yeah. And then you're like, and you're like making them get abortions. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and she is that kind of like bland looking, like in the background, I'm just going to let my husband do everything as I take care of the house. Yeah. Uh, which is the American kind of household in that sense with yeah. poli- with in in the political world the corruption and deceit that you talked about so i think obviously it would be philip seymour's character um paul paul giamatti yeah giamatti who was character. great those two were brilliant i always get confused because like philip seymour hoffman he plays he character played character paul, 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 paul yeah yeah, yeah, I know. yeah. I, I, that's why i was like i'm just gonna call them the the actor yeah, actual names. names so they were great so one of the reviews I read as well, these characters know each other, right? Yeah. They know everything about each other. And they're they weirdly know. like competitive, yeah, they're but so kind of like... Friendly, friend, but yeah. they don't make eye contact. Right? And they so never interact, really. Never apart, interact. Because at the beginning, when he speaks to him, yeah, 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 when he's speaking to him he's and he's dismissive. looking away, yeah. but then they never, they never but, even deal with each know. other again. And that's when um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, he says to um, Ryan Gosling, why didn't you tell me? You told me it was something important, then you didn't tell me. And that is how he switches on his yeah. men- like protege. He's like, no, you're getting fired. What, you think you're a big man because someone called you instead of me? They couldn't yeah, yeah. get to me. That's why they got to you, you idiot. Like, I know this. Yeah, I've yeah. been here longer than you have. And, and then I'll be here longer. I thought, like, this was the... the this is what the, one of the things that really stuck out for me mm. with this movie is when he goes back to Paul Giamatti, he goes back mm. to the other campaign, and he says, can I come and work for you? Mm. He's like, no, no, you've been fired. It'll look weak by us. We're picking up the scraps. And it dawns on Ryan Gosling. Then he's like, he has you've no just footage. played me. Yeah. You've played me the whole thing. And he's like, he's like, look. And and, the, and Paul Giamatti's like, look, I was being honest. You are one of the best, mm. bright, young, ambitious campaign managers in the country. So if so, either I got you, if I went and offered you the job and you came and worked for me, I win. If I don't, if you don't come and work for me, then you get fired and nobody can have you, I win as well. Mm. And when le- when, he, when he realizes that, he's just yeah. like, oh. And just how dispensable he is. Yeah. Because everyone in politics, just like business, you know, are dispensable. Yeah. And I know I have the attitude about most things. Yeah. <laughs> it's really horrible. But everyone is dispensable. And I think poli- in this political campaign, every single person was dispensable. Molly was dispensable. And that, you did, like, that the statement that he made when the report said, did you know her? And he's saying all this stuff because I didn't know her personally. Yeah. But it's like, why the hell are you talking then? Yeah. You know, but, it, but he did know her personally. Yeah, of course. He, with her. he had a baby with her. Yeah. But just why are you s- turning around then? Because you have to do it and say someone was really hardworking yeah. and great, but you never actually technically knew her. But then, the and point? at the end, there's another intern mm. coming in. And yeah. it's like, well, who cares about... Like, everyone's forgotten Molly now. Absolutely. You've got this new and one And they had the same line, uh, are you a bear cat? Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm this... And, now, and then, is and that then like a, a like, football thing? And what? Yeah, it's a, like the college football team. Oh, okay. But then, like the the second, mm. so that Ben guy, once um, Ryan Gosling is fired, mm. he runs to Molly and he's like, "Ah, oh, um, guess who's the new junior campaign mm-hmm. manager?" Like exactly that. Yeah. The dispensable just bring in more yep, people. Absolutely. And this is a repeated motif throughout the film, and um, Clooney uses it quite a lot. He use repeats the same shots a lot. He repeats the same kind of like lighting and the same uh, motifs so you've got the shot of the interns bringing the coffee yeah, so at the beginning yeah, yeah. and at the end so that's the circular kind of structure there you've got the same kind of dialogue and you've literally got like scene by scene like same exact shots 
so of the close-ups of the way um the characters look at the camera exactly and he did that and he said he did that just to show how like it's always going to continue it's just the same thing yeah. over and over, over and, and over again just do the same, same speeches it's the same like things just same go to a different of, place yeah. and do the same thing over and over, over again. and over again in a way then that becomes a social commentary it's like Will this corruption, will this deceit ever actually stop? And his answer is no. Yeah. It cannot stop because you need private funding. And those that fund, you know, there's no free lunches there. Yeah. You know, yeah, it. I'm going to give you all my delegates, but you're going to give me Secretary of and that State. Was, and that was the like the biggest thing. And mm. it was very blatant, like this sort of corrupt thing. But he literally just came out and said, if you don't give me that, mm-hmm. you don't get my delegates and you don't win. Mm. And so they, they, they call him out and they're like, if you want to win... You give him Secretary of State. Mm. Otherwise, we're done. And that was like, you know, it, it makes you worry then. And of course, that like the people in charge mm. aren't there because they're the best person for the job. They're there because they knew the right people yeah. and they had the like the right backing at the, the right time. That's with everything though, isn't it? Yeah, of course. So the next category that you asked for was how did they all end up? Now, we all know what happened to Ryan Gosling's character, um... He gets fired, then he gets rehired. And so he blackmails yeah. George Clooney with this note, which we yeah. don't know. Like, you know, there was, I, no, there note. was no note, but George Clooney can't risk it. So mm-hmm. he gets um, Philip Seymour Hoffman fired mm-hmm. um, and he ends up the senior mm-hmm. campaign man. But there's a really good shot of him at the very end mm-hmm. where he's like looking at the camera. Yep. And you're like, he's not happy. Like he's no. like he's like so. And you've got the sound and bit as well from George Clooney's last speech when he goes, "Integrity matters." Yeah, integrity that was like the matters. last words integrity from him. Matters. That was awesome. And you've got that slow push in, and it's like, does it really matter? Yeah. It begins and ends with Goslin. He's the main character, like I said. Okay, and at the end, when he says to Ida, the reporter, "You're my best friend, Ida." Yeah. Which you know what is probably, probably true. Yeah, because he's, he's got no. He's, he's got, got no, no other friends. That's it. Um. George Clooney, mm. you know, he, he at the very end, he's being endorsed by mm. this Thompson guy. And it's kind of given the sense that he's going to win now. Yeah. Like, he's pretty much won it. That's, like, where he ends up. But he's got... Now his senior campaign manager has this dirt on him. Mm. And he says to him, he's like, I don't want you here for the next eight years. And so he's, <laughs> he's happy because he's, like, got mm. what he... Like, you know, George Clooney's doing what he wants to do. But now he's got someone that's hanging this mm. over, his, over his head the whole time. So he's got a bit of a mixed reaction at the end. Um, so one of the things as well from um, the feedback of this film was, and it was the play, um, who, which was based on an actual um, uh, presidential campaign of the former Vermont um, governor, Howard Dean, in 2004. And a lot of people said, you kind of, it was a hit and miss kind of film. It, was, it had mixed reviews all the way around. And it was blamed on the fact that it was like George Clooney was trying to make it really relevant and really mm. current, but then he used very like old story, yeah, you know. And it instead of becoming like really intense, it just became quite washed out. It with, was like, almost like the same old story, yeah, same a little old bit, story. Yeah. And some people say it's a very like George Clooney as a director, he's really good, and this is one of his better ones. Others say this is the worst Ooh, one wow. and got the most like exposure. Which I would agree with. Oh, interesting. So I, I really mean, liked it. So I, I mean, I do like this film, but I think when this is the second time I watched it now, I didn't enjoy it the second time yeah. around, um, and I think that's because of obviously outside readings, etc. But I do, I do, I do think like um, with Gosling's character as well, he just didn't play it as 
intensely as he could have yeah. or as wily as he could have. No, I get it. But whether that's mm. like... Intentional or not, I mean... Intentional yeah. or, you know, the director's fault or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, just quickly, like just seeing how the other people ended up. So, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who, mm. lo- who sort of loved this, loved the campaign managing just for the love of it, mm. when he gets fired and he sees Ryan Gosling mm. and he's like, oh, you know, we'll catch up with you one day and you'll tell me what dirt you had on the president. Mm. Because he knows it, he's going to yeah yeah get he a knows job. What he's done like, but no but then he's he's yeah. already got a job he's like yeah. yeah I've got like a little consulting job I'm getting a million a year mm. and so it's like, like yeah. what like, and he's the one that says at the beginning is like oh you you think this is a guy the next guy's the guy and then the next one after that yeah. and the one after that and you're gonna follow them you're gonna do them and then you're gonna move on and, and you're gonna end true. up you're gonna end up working as a consultant yep. on seven hundred and fifty thousand eating mm. at the you know the golf club mm. or whatever and then he does that yeah. and you're like ah, it's kind of worked out all right for him. Um, Paul Giamatti, weirdly, you don't hear from him again. Nope. Like, but he did. He got what he wanted. At yeah. the beginning, he seems quite desperate to get Ryan Gosling on board. He's obviously playing him. At the end, he's just there, like you know, smarmy and corrupt. He's like, yeah, I played you, and I won. But that's it. Like I feel him and Philip Seymour Hoffman's character are really similar. Yeah. And that Phil, uh, and then that Paul Giamatti's guy will lose. They were the and best he'll be characters. Like, oh, 100%. And they were the ones that got the best. Yeah. Best actors, the best, actors, yep. and best they, actors yeah. absolutely. And they're the ones that got the best reviews. Yeah. You of know, course. but I mean obviously they're such amazing actors. But they're anyway. actually they're, yeah, they're actually mm. like well established, really serious, mm. really well like good so actors. So you haven't seen Magnolia, right? Even though I keep bugging you about Magnolia, no. but Philip Seymour Magnolia? No, Magnolia. <laughs> Watch it. So Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in Magnolia as well. Again, like oh brilliant r.i.p such a shame yeah it is such a shame such a shame um and then molly obviously dies mm. kills herself which is pretty like that's pretty sad she got really good reviews as well i she didn't was, really like her she performance, was right. but and then marissa tomei which is a weird choice for that role because she's in it like three times mm. but then she but how effective is she yeah and awesome. but she just stays there like wanting the scoop mm. i was i just thought it was cool to look at like how they change out the thing and when she says that she would sleep with someone for a scoop and her fiance yeah if he doesn't be right with it yeah. he's like if he doesn't understand i'm marrying the wrong man yeah <laughs> like, fair enough that makes sense in a very weird way so what will you give this movie i'm going to give this a c oh yeah a c. okay and I think that's just because I have seen it twice now. First time around, I thought it was brilliant. Second time around, I was like, mm, actually. Mm, I should have done it earlier when you'd seen it the first time. <laughs> yes, and yes, and yes. I've watched this in the cinema. Really? Yeah, when it first came out. Oh. This is when I was being all pretentious and like, watching, like serious <laughs> films. So yeah, I'd give it a C. I mean, I'd probably recommend it in so much as, you know, if you kind of want to have an average kind of film based on like political systems watch this film yeah it kind of yeah, like okay. ticks all the boxes in that sense it's entertaining enough and yeah. if you haven't seen it we've spoilt the twists yeah. so so sorry too bad so don't you watch it out but you should have seen it already that's the whole point it. yeah um, I'll probably give it a B it's pretty good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything's pretty good is that your uh, catchphrase yeah, yeah. that's pretty good alright so homework for next week homework for next week so now this is quite exciting so <laughs> next week well, the like the end of next mm-hmm. week, you are getting married. Yay! Yes. Um. So we thought, what better time to do wedding themed movies? Yes. So we've we've both picked our favorite wedding themed movies. Yes. Now, I wonder. Well, yeah, we're going to tell you who picked what, but <laughs> you see if you can guess. One of the movies is Wedding Crashes, starring <laughs> Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, and one of them is the Indian film. Monsoon Wedding. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you could figure out who picked which one. <laughs> who uh, obviously has a lot of passion for weddings, me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I have picked 
um, the critically acclaimed Wedding Crashers <laughs> um, <laughs> um, for Shannara. And her focus this week is um, what she, like specifically for her wedding, what she loved or hates <laughs> about each of the weddings they go and visit. The thing is I did plan my wedding in like a matter of weeks. Like <laughs> I had zero interest in the planning process. <laughs> um, the, just the relationship between Vince Vaughn and Arnold Wilson. I think it's a really nice relationship. The Cleary family. So that's the family of the the girls that they go mm-hmm. and chase after. Um, and then what you what would you do if they crashed your wedding? Yeah, that because that, that <laughs> going to take you know longer well, than okay, a sentence, let's, let's, isn't it? Yeah, we probably figure out that my movie is not going to take very long to talk about. <laughs> and I picked for you, Monsoon Wedding. This is one of my absolute favorite films. So this would probably be like one of your first experiences of Indian cinema. Yeah, definitely. So what your what is your opinion? And I've already said there is a massive differentiation between Indian cinema and Bollywood. This is not Bollywood. This is Indian cinema. Um, the second category is the family, the bond between them. The third I would like you to focus on uh, is the tensions that arise in this story. And there's a lot of tension. Obviously, you know, it's quite a tense atmosphere because there's a wedding going on, but there's a big storyline too and there's a reveal. Yep. And then the final one I'd like you to focus on is a character of the dad played by amazing actor Nasiruddin Shah. And what you thought of him and how he kind of captures the frustrations of being a dad and then having to deal with what he has to deal with too. Is that Brilliant. all right? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, of course, as always, please, please, please watch these movies. Focus on what we're focusing on. Or if you want to focus on anything different, please let us know. Tell us what you would have focused on. Would you have picked a different wedding movie? I'm sure there are better <laughs> wedding movies than Wedding Crushes out there, but that is literally my favorite wedding movie. And please leave us your reviews. We love reading the comments, but go on iTunes, go on to SoundCloud. You, we know that you can't review on Spotify, so just leave those reviews. Just give us five stars. Praise us for everything. Yes. Now, we have some exciting new news as well. We are officially Amazon affiliates. Oh, yeah. Which is very professional. It is very professional. So, in, a, in an attempt to gain some money from this, this. endeavor mm-hmm. we um, have signed up for an amazon affiliate account so what we're going to do in the description of this episode i'm going to post a a link to amazon now when you click on it it's going to take you just to the regular amazon page it looks completely normal and everything in there is completely normal but every purchase you make we actually get some money from. So think of us like a charity. Yeah. Yeah, and like we kind of need some money so we can like buy a, a better laptop because mine is dying. Exactly. So in like literally anything you are buying, if you just if you're going to buy it from Amazon, just click on this link. It'll take you there. We don't know how it works, but somehow we get money from it. I've already tried it. I've bought about three things, and I end up with about thirty cents from them. So Ka-ching. it's not like it's not like we're making millions we off your. But, but yeah, please, please, please do all your Amazon shopping through there. And as always, you can contact us via email at the Homework Club pod at gmail.com. You can message us on Instagram again. It's the Homework Club Pod. Twitter, club underscore homework, and like us on Facebook. Please do. All right, I think that's all. That's all. Adios, amigos. Bye.